0: Hi everybody. I'm Kim Winter. I'm your host today, uh, and uh, at Logistics Executive TV. And don't forget to look at Logistics Executive TV anytime you want to pick up any of our uh, vodcasts. Today, I'm extremely honoured. Uh, I'm in awe, in fact, because I have a living legend of the supply chain with me, and uh, it's Scott Luton from Supply Chain Now, all the way over there in Atlanta. Hey, Scott. Hey, good morning, Kim. How you doing? You're way too kind uh, with your comments, but great to be with you. Yeah, thanks very much. And uh, Scott, I just want to let you know that the team here said, because you're such a legend, I better uh, dress appropriately. So I've come up with something a little bit uh, tropical. I'm not too sure what the weather's like there, but uh, in honor of you. Guys. Hey, Scott, so, you. Uh, so supply chain now, I've been an addict. Uh, you guys rule the airwaves and the video waves and the podcast waves around supply chain. And... Uh, truly in awe of what you guys do. And today we're gonna explore um, a bit of background on uh, Supply Chain Now, what some of the big issues are on Supply Chain, and get it from the man who's usually on the other side, who's done several hundred, if not thousands of interviews, uh, which I'm addicted to. So uh, look, glad glad you could join us. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, and uh, how Supply Chain uh, Now came about.
1: Absolutely. So, born and raised in Aiken, South Carolina. Um, Went into the Air Force right out of high school. In fact, I called the recruiter instead of the other way around. Um, Got a scholarship. (laughs) Got a scholarship at the University of South Carolina, even though though I was a lifelong Clemson fan. Uh, Got out of the Air Force in 2002, active duty, and really had no idea what I I, I wanted to do and what I was qualified to do, frankly. So um, eventually, I made it into the manufacturing industry a couple of years later and really fell in love with that, with the camaraderie and the sense, to mission and, and the production environment that is so core to the manufacturing industry. And really that, that started about a 15, roughly 15 year or so journey, uh, really serving mainly the manufacturing industry, worked for a couple of manufacturers, including a metal stamper where I lost a couple of years of my, uh, a couple of my nine lives there, um, <laughs> but really loved the people. Loved the, uh, again, the environment, really enjoyed the industry. And, you know, the way I look at it and the way I think a lot of folks are looking at it is when you think of end-to-end global supply chain, you know, you got different sectors and different nodes that make that up. And, and, of course, nothing happens without manufacturing, just like nothing happens without, you know, transportation, logistics or right. or anything else these days. So, loved that industry and that really set the table for, um, you know, supply chain now.
0: Cool. Yeah, I mean, you're know, you you're based in Atlanta uh, where I've been a number of times and South Carolina, fantastic part of the world. Uh, and Atlanta really is a major logistics and supply chain hub for the US. So at what point did the idea of supply chain now, which has been a highly successful concept, which is really, really running hot now in a number of products and a number of services that you guys provide, which I'll touch on today, um, but where did the idea of coming up with something like Supply Chain Now? Because it really is a unique uh, media platform. Well,
1: Kim, really appreciate your comments and, you know, really enjoy all the kindred spirits that we have and then shared passion for the industry. And that that's what is at the core of Supply Chain Now. You know, back in, um, well, um, over 10 years ago, I started serving as a volunteer leader with a global supply chain association. And we served a number of smaller chapters that didn't have the resources and and in some cases the leadership bandwidth to hold you know monthly dinner meetings where they could share best practices and and gain certification maintenance points and stuff like that so we came up with the idea wasn't terribly unique of a monthly webinar series and we we led that really enjoyed doing that um you know got a lot of feedback uh, made it easy and convenient you know this is long before the everything became remote right um, but based on, on those experiences and based on what we saw the need and, and in a weird way, how the industry needed a voice because in those webinar sessions, that Q and a, you know, that 10, 15, 20 minutes of Q and a of each webinar, that's what I thought was a secret sauce where we heard from the audience. And so, uh, we conducted our first podcast in May, 2017, and that changed everything. And that's, um, you know, 450 podcasts later. You know, uh, live streams, of course, still webinars, uh, events, you name it, but all focused on, you know, really giving a voice to global supply chain industry that has long been, um, you know, unrecognized, uh, underappreciated. But now, uh, here in 2020, as you know, uh, not only does supply chain uh, have an established seat at the table, perhaps unlike ever before, but consumers are starting to connect the dots and have been, you know, especially with the rise of e-commerce about why supply chain is so important and, and, and how, how can we get our items sometimes same day, sometimes in, you know, in two hours. Uh, and of course, none of that happens without the great people and the technology that makes up supply chain.
0: Awesome. And I, and I guess, you know, forever, um, I mean, most of us have have just flopped into supply chain as you have and as I did in New Zealand in the early days. And, uh, uh, setting up a trucking company and, and moving on from there, and many decades later, I'm still in it and at it. But I guess what I'm hearing you telling me is, is you were passionate about it, you found it interesting, and so you carried on. The secret source of any good business, yeah.
1: Absolutely, and you know, um, again, very f- um, in my experience and in my view, you know, I really enjoyed that military environment where. Um, They were such a sense of mission and uh, such a sense of esprit de corps. There was a a lot of diversity, um, a lot of creative problem solving, you know, that that the military is known for. And you can find so much of that in global supply chain, right? Because whatever it takes, the job's got to get done. That means means bridging um, uh, technical barriers. That means bridging cultural barriers, which I really love about global supply chain. Uh, It means, you know, working together to accomplish, get good parts, uh, on time, uh, you know, at the right price, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. And, and, you know, that's, that's a very attractive element of supply chain that I'm, I hope continues to lure people into the industry.
0: Well, sure as hell, you guys are, uh, and gals, because I know you've got some uh, a real eclectic mix of, uh, of commentators and interviewers on your crew. Um, but, you know, you guys really are bringing the reputation and the profile of supply chain and all things supply chain and logistics right the way up. So, damn well done. Hey, uh, I want to drill right into it in, in the style that you do your interviewing as well, by the way. So, I've learned so much from you guys in the podcast we've been doing. So, so thanks for that. But let's just talk about some of the most interesting conversations that you come to top of mind because I've heard some crackers. And usually here when I get you live, it's about three or four in the morning. So, um, that keeps me it keeps me awake at night. But uh, talk to me about some of the interesting stuff that you've uh, that really crops up in your
1: mind, some of the uh, conversations you've had. Yeah. So I love that question. And we get that question a lot. And, and, you know, when you publish a conversation each day that you really love, it's tough to really boil it down. Mm. But, uh, you know, uh, as I was doing my homework for this uh, for our conversation here today, I I picked a couple, I think um, here recently, we had the um, great honor of interviewing consul general Nadia Theodore uh, who. Did you hear that one? Yeah. Uh, so she she's a Canadian diplomat, you know, kind of the, the uh, leader of the Canadian uh, mission in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And to hear her talk about, um, first off, talk about savvy global business leader. I mean, we could have spoken for hours. I was, I was taking copious notes and learning from her. But one of the things that really stood out uh, in my mind that I really loved is how she shared about her how her father walked her through the produce section um, when she was growing up. And, and he would regularly ask her, you know, do you know what this is, do you know, where it's from and do you know what, the, where this is from. And, you know, if that's not a, a wonderful, tangible lesson of global supply chain that any, any child can really start to pick up an early age, that's a beautiful thing. And I really, I really appreciate her sharing that uh, with us. Um, Cause I think a big challenge that we all have as ambassadors uh, of the industry is to crawl you know bridge that awareness gap, you know, it, and we've started to see some good, good signs here in recent years. But, you know, I've spent time in in elementary schools really talking with third, fourth and fifth graders, you know, young children, uh, and really identifying, you know, what same things I didn't know as a kid. And and we've got to, if we expect top talent to come into the industry, we've got to make sure, you know, we, we, we tackle that awareness gap at an early age. So that, that interview sticks out, um, Land Lakes Chief Supply Chain Officer Yanni Duberry was an awesome interview. Yep. Um, he, you know, as you probably know, he, he's a he's a, a keynote in a lot of different places. We had a chance to to sit down with him and spend an hour, and he talked about this notion of decisive adaptability. Hmm. Uh, and and you know, you hear plenty about agile and resiliency and and all the you, know, you pick the buzzword, yep. but. Um, when it gets down to it, it's all about adapt, being being able to be as flexible as possible while making decisions, good decisions as quickly as possible. And 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 really enjoyed him talking about how they've incorporated that at Land of Lakes.
0: Yeah, good. Um, and I and I heard you. Uh, I heard your uh, discussion with Rick Blaschian. Uh, I know Rick. I met him in uh, Philadelphia actually for C C M P conference uh wow, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. Big conference. And in those days, uh yeah, there was a lot of partying involved as well as i Caller. <laughs> <laughs> well you know, work hard,
1: play hard in supply <laughs> chain, right? Um but yeah here, you know, Rick, um I'd spoken to him previously and of course seen him just like you and, and thousands of other folks at conferences and whatnot but really just be able to sit down and and put the spotlight on him and hear his passion for this industry firsthand. That, that certainly has been a recent highlight. Um, And then one, one other, I'd love to share with you is uh, Kelly Schaub was, uh, is VP of HR at a really forward looking, forward thinking manufacturer called Proterra. And one of the big things I do at Proterra is make like green buses and green, green bus fleets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love sitting now with HR leaders um, because speaking of being underrepresented, you know that profession needs more spotlight too. But one of the things that she shared with us, I really appreciated, is how she viewed it as her mission and a key responsibility she had. And when she sits down with other senior leaders of the organization, and you've got those tough decisions you've got to make as the economy goes up and as it goes down, is she conveys the story of the people and the families behind the numbers. And I thought we all can learn a lesson from that. It's not, you know, we, we should all share that burden of, of communicating those stories because it, it's not just about numbers that make up this industry, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so I really enjoyed her perspective in that, in
0: that episode. Yeah, keep them coming. I mean, uh, for the, our audience, uh, going out to our audience that may not have heard of Supply Chain Now, I'm sure people are going to pick it up and, uh, and get into a, a whole range of your interviews. You've got another couple of products. So you've got Supply Chain Now, you guys are pumping out an interview every day, always high quality, always high of interest. Uh, then you've got, uh, what have we got? We've got the Supply Chain is Boring, uh, which right. is, automatically gets your attention. And a never boring, and uh, but that's got its own angle as well. And you got Greg White as well with Tequila Sunrise. And uh, Tequila Sunrise, right?
1: So, you know, Supply chains Born is led by a uh, dear friend, Chris Barnes. I've known him. He was one of the first folks I met in Atlanta forever ago. He's got such a wonderful and unique view and angle on that show, Supply Chain is Born, which, as you point out, is, is aptly named to get people's attention. <laughs> uh, so that's been a, a really neat thing to watch kind of blossom. Um, and and watch Chris's passion at it, and then Greg White, uh, who's typically my partner in crime in most of the live streams and webinar uh, uh, podcasts we do. You know, it's long overdue because he's got the such a the personality and the expertise in that niche behind Tequila Sunrise. Uh, so he's really focused on supply chain tech, entrepreneurialism, MA activity. You know, ventures. Um, uh, deal making, the, the whole shebang, and it—you it, know—he can talk. He's got so much background in that, and, and he's got so much to share. So that Tequila Sunrise has been a neat thing to watch as well. Yeah. Um, you know, proud of our veteran voices, uh, which yeah. is 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 part of our give back. You know, giving other veterans a chance to share and and to be heard—that's really important to us. And uh, and then a little, another little project is this week in business history, which is really. I'm a big history nerd, Kim, and uh, it gives me a chance to do some research and share, you know, a couple of did you knows uh, each week. So, so those are some of our current uh, current vehicles, and we've got a few others, but uh, and a few others in the Skunk Works that we're really excited about uh, releasing soon.
0: Sure. Now I listened to your latest Veterans one this week, uh, and the gentleman who has uh, HR background and massive. I've, I've spread it with about thirty people from that link because right now with a lot of people are going through pretty tough times, you know, his truths, uh ultimate truths about how to actually get out there, reach out and get your ass in the gear and go and look yes. to, for the right role with the right person and using LinkedIn to do that. Vince, great.
1: Uh, Kim, great. I agree with you completely. Vince, who was the speaker, uh, guest of that last episode, you shared a lot of really neat stuff. One thing in particular, I think we can all learn from, especially if you're in transition, yeah is, you know, I, and I'm bad about it. I use this word, this phrase, you know, pick your brain. I've, I've used it for years. Yeah. And Vince really made a point of don't use that. That's a catch-all. You know, if you're if you're in transition in particular and are reaching out and do a work, you know, like a working interview or benchmarking interview or, or leaning on your network, hey, get really specific because a lot of those folks get emails and phone calls from a wide variety of people that are all also all very general. Yeah. But if you get really specific, You'll have a better chance of getting some time from the folks you need uh, to, to find your next opportunity.
0: Yeah, right. Hey, let's jump right into uh, something out of, out of the blue for you. What, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned since starting Supply Chain Now, what really stands out as three or four things that have come to you that you've picked up? We're all we're all learners. You're spreading the faith and the truth and the religion of, uh, of sharing information and learning in Supply Chain. What have you picked up? What things have really struck you?
1: Uh, the biggest lesson learned is how little I know, Kim, quite frankly. And so, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the power of reverse mentoring. Mean, you know, you can learn, you can learn from anybody and it's really important uh, to, to embrace that. But this notion of reverse mentoring that that we all probably have heard about, um, you know, we've experienced that firsthand. You know, we, we had our first couple of interns this past summer, Genoa and Devin, and learn so much from those two talented individuals uh, and and those are just two of the the fo- um, members of the the younger generations that that we've had a good fortune to learn from in, in recent years so that really stands out um, this is going to sound really cliche uh, but expect the unexpected I'm not sure if you're a, a big brother fan from cbs that's that's the mantra of that show that's yep. twenty seasons deep yep. um, but 2020 has, has really delivered that and, and has really spiked the football on that point. Um, no. And so, you know, what does that mean for supply chain? What does that cliche mean for that very real cliche mean for supply chain? Well, you know, a lot of organizations undoubtedly are going to be doubling down on uh, scenario and contingency planning in the months to come to really identify what, what's in that blind spot. And you know, we all have it, all, every organization, every business leader has it. Um, the better we can get at identifying it, and, and being more prepared for the what ifs i mean that certainly has been a big lesson learned for 2020
0: okay so yeah i hear what you're saying in terms of just picking up and and really picking up the learnings from other people in regards to lessons learned during the COVID period i mean this has been the year to forget in many ways but you know and in full credit to everybody who's really struggling out there in supply chain and, and uh, let me tell you, anybody on our network that hasn't been listening to Supply Chain now, get it amongst it because you'll get so much energy from what you hear mm-hmm. from yourself and Greg and Vince and the others. Uh, it's, it's really good stuff. But if you talk about what the silver linings are, perhaps from this COVID period, uh, what have you observed and what stories have come to the fore through your platform during this pretty, pretty tragic period in many, in many ways?
1: Yeah, you know... Um there's going to be so many different silver linings that are lessons learned from, from this, this really challenging year. Um, And I I try to dwell on more of that than, than a lot of the, the, the um, despair and, and, and the stress that we all have. But one of those silver linings, what I believe is an an enhanced value on an emphasis on empathy, you know, and, and we can all point to, to just, these types of conversations right here where, you know, the dogs barks in the background or the kid tumbles in, or you spill a full thing of coffee on your desk, middle of the team call. You know, it seems like um, there's a lot more understanding when it comes to that as there, there probably always should have been. And, and that's just a small example. That's, that's kind of a, a humorous example. I think, I think what I've seen is a lot of business leaders get really serious about um, being more empathetic about the, the individual journeys we're all on, especially during a challenging year like 2020. Um, you know, I think what also comes to mind uh, and what I've really seen and really appreciated is organizations and leaders really deliberately being a force for good, right? And 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 even if there's a business cost, even if if it if it if it expends resources, they're really getting focused on doing good. And and our logistics with purpose series really spotlights that um, It's one of our first series uh, we do in conjunction with Enrique Alvarez over at Vector Global Logistics. And, you know, he's out, he and his organization are out to change the world. And they love the spotlight organizations that are doing the same. Okay. So within that, and, 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 and so that's good news that really needs to be heard. I mean, who, who has too much good news in the year like 2020? Not many folks, right?
0: Dead right. So, yeah, <laughs> they, they
1: they're spotlighting they're spotlighting companies that take care of global coffee farmers that that have been taken advantage of for hundreds of years, right? Making sure they have a seat at the table and they can make a healthy living. Um, they're their um books to Africa is is a big mission they support, and you know teaching someone to fish rather than providing fish. So it's more sustainable. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks, when they hear programs like books, like sending books places, they think of a library They think of maybe kids books, but what about, what about teaching, really teaching people skills, engineering skills, project management skills, business skills, you know, that will help um, the countries throughout Africa uh, do more and, 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 and grow and, and, and do so in a sustainable fashion. I think, um, you know, one last example of that program and about really folks embracing the need to do good is um, Jasmine um, with Gooder, an organization called Gooder, Jasmine Crow with Gooder, G-O-O-D-R. She's on a mission to reduce all the food waste that we have here in the States. I mean, that. You know, I think other parts of the world are much more savvy and are, and are further down the road in terms of, you know, really reducing waste and having a system in place that, that helps do that. But we've got a huge challenge here in the States that we've got to tackle, especially when folks are, folks go without, you know, and, and that, just, that just can't happen. And she likes to say um, um, food shortage and, and, and not to be too dramatic, but starvation is really a logistics problem. Yeah. And that, that's such a, a great way of putting it. And it really shows that we can do something. If, if we can do something about anything, we could do something about logistics. And, and you know, so those are some examples of folks that are really doing some good things yeah. uh, in, a, in a challenging year like 2020.
0: Yeah, I think you're bringing some great stories to light and shining the spotlight on a lot of what problems are occurring and supply chains usually right in the middle of all of that. And, and I think you're doing a fantastic job of bringing that into frame and into context. I mean, I was reading the Sydney Morning Herald the other day that one in six Australian children Heading for either in poverty or living in poverty in a a tier one, you know, first class country, first world country. And I'm sure in the US, when we're hearing about the, you know, tens of millions of kids and families that are really struggling there. So, uh, yeah, well done for bringing those stories to light. I know you've got a big gig coming up and very shortly, and you've got a new product launch coming up, which we won't talk about today. Uh, We'll steal your thunder. But just to wrap up, uh, Scott what's what's happening for supply chain now moving into the future what are your aspirations what are your designs where do you plan on taking what has been a fantastically successful platform so far what's what's happening
1: next kim i, I wish i could start every every morning with a conversation with you you really <laughs> make someone feel good but hey you know we're really excited um you know, selfishly, I love meeting people and, and business leaders like you across the globe that all have a passion for for the um, for global supply chain, especially the people. I mean, that that's such a rewarding aspect of this journey. But yeah, new series, uh, new shows, new partnerships, new subject matter, um, you know, really wanting to, um, in a very robust, robust manner, provide a voice for an industry that's been overlooked for so long. Um, new partnerships, new team members. You know, uh, Jamin, who leads our uh, logistics and beyond series. You know, he, he's really a logistics and transportation expert, and to see the, the the amount of expertise, but positivity he brings. You know, that's the kind of folks you want to partner with, and 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 help facilitate his conversations he brings to the table. Um, but what will be the same is the level of passion. And, um, and, and the sense of mission of what we do. I mean, that that's really what at our core has helped identify where, you know, what we should do and, and how we should do it. Um, but you know, um, what I'm hoping we can do, uh, in the greater, regardless of all these things, will, will lead to us doing one thing, which is broaden the tent, right? Really making sure folks understand what supply chain is all the different ways that it, it touches global society and know that there's something for everybody in end to end supply chain. And that's, you know, that's a, that's one of the biggest parts of our mission. And we're really excited about uh, the, the weeks and months ahead based on the successes we've had thus far, which again is driven by the perspective and the expertise and the stories of folks across global supply chain.
0: Well, I guess uh, you're in the right place if you want to about, know about legends of, of media. I think Ted Turner started in Atlanta with CNN, <laughs> didn't he? The cable network, <laughs> cable news network. You've got a great yes. role to follow there. But uh, look, I know you've got to go and uh, I really do appreciate the valuable time that you've given up for us. Uh, congratulations to you and your team. It's an awesome, awesome thing that you're doing. Uh, you've thrown an entirely new light on supply chain. It's not just... Something that we are adding value. You've created a new paradigm, and and more kudos to you guys. Congratulations. Final word from you to the given that you are the media giant, and uh, to yeah. the supply chain. Any final words of encouragement from you? And I'll hand over to you, Kim. Hey, thanks so much.
1: I really appreciate uh, your perspective and and all your kind comments. But hey. The final word is always this. And, and this is something we take very seriously, uh, especially when it can be unpopular, it can be uncomfortable, um, but it's got to happen. And that's, that's how we challenge our audience. We challenge our team. Hey, we've got to be the change that's needed. And regardless if it's the easy change where you're looking for efficiencies or waste or um, finding the right people and, and, or developing your team, or tackling challenges, or more importantly and much more difficult to do is, is being the change that's needed in uh, in some of our systemic issues and, and challenges that we've had for far too long that uh, we're starting to hopefully make some, make some progress with. And I look at especially at, you know, some of our, our racial um, uh, challenges we have here in the state. So that's where we've got to take the responsibility very seriously, put it in a headlock and make something happen. And uh, it's all about being the change that's needed.
0: Hey, great, Scott. Really humbled to have... Uh... Being able to interview the man that does all the interviews. uh, Really enjoyed it. Hugely entertaining and uh, great. Really look forward to hearing more of uh, Supply Chain Now. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much, Kim. Have a great week. All the best. You too.